Well, good morning, church. Good to be with you this morning. If you're visiting with us, my name is Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege to uh, fill this pulpit on most Sundays since August of 2011. And if you are visiting with us, we have a special gift for you. Uh, I've written uh, three 365-day devotions, and, and the first one we give to our visitors. And so we'd love for you to take this if you're visiting with us today. We have them out here at our information table as you exit this set of doors over here. Absolutely free. Feel free to be able to uh, take that, okay? We're in a series of messages that I'm finishing today, and we've been here since the uh, end of September, I think. I've enjoyed Hebrews 11. I hope that you have, and we're finishing it today. And Hebrews 11 is commonly called, and I've told you this about every Sunday, but it's commonly called the Hall of Fame of Faith or the heroes of faith, because it says, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Isaac, Jacob, by faith, Moses. So commonly it gets called the Hall of Fame of Faith or heroes of faith. But I really think that's a wrong way to be able to put a title on Hebrews chapter 11 because it's not the emphasis is not on Moses the emphasis is not on Joseph it's not on Abraham it's on their faith and that what faith does faith is actually defined in Hebrews 11:1 but then we have examples of faith all the way down through and faith is always something does something it's put into action faith is just not a feeling that you have and it's it's just it's something that you act Upon, And we've seen that all the way through because it says, for instance, by Abel, and then there's a verb. Excuse me, by faith, Abel, and then there's a verb. By faith, Noah, and then there's a verb. Faith is, is, is an action in our life. It's just not a mental assent to some truths that really don't affect my life in any way. And we've seen that all the way through, and today will be no less because as we close it out today, we see faith put into action, and in one case, the inaction of faith as well, and the consequences uh, to that. And so we're going to be today in uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 11, verses 29 through 31. And 29, first of all, says this By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land. Now, some of you have been raised in church. You know the story. God did an absolute miracle. The Israelites were being chased by the Egyptians, and the Egyptians wanted to kill them, kill them and the Israelites got to the Red Sea, and, and God had an had a east wind blow all the way through the night and parted the Red Sea, and they walked through the Red Sea on dry land. And the verse says the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, chasing after them, and the walls of the water came down. So it says... By faith, they stepped through on dry land. Now, now, now imagine this. This is a real story. This actually happened. So here I am at the Red Sea. I see this thing that's happening. The waters are parting. And the Bible says it took faith for them to step through and believe they can make it through without the water being able to come down and drown them as it did for the Egyptians that were chasing behind. So that's verse 29. By faith, they stepped into dry land okay then verse 30 says following right the very next verse by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days so verse 29 verse 30 Red Sea crossing walls of Jericho falling you got 40 years between those two verses 
you have 40 years between those two verses. And some of you that know your Bibles know that that 40 years was wandering around in the wilderness because of the disobedience of the Israelites. It would have taken them about six months to walk straight through to Canaan, the promised land that God had promised them. But because of their disobedience, they wandered around for 40 years. So you got verse 29, you got verse 30, you got 40 years in between. So, I don't necessarily like preaching this on, on, on a Christmas Sunday and because it's not a festive verse and the joy of Christmas and all that, but the good thing about when you just preach straight through the Bible, you just take the next verse, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I don't get to pick and choose, well, I like that passage and I don't like this passage, so I won't preach that and I will preach that. I just take whatever comes next. And, and what comes next comes a story of a people who the Bible says, by faith, walk through on dry, dry ground. But then the Bible counts 40 years of a lack of faith for them. And with so much of a lack of faith for them that the Bible says none of that generation that passed through, only two of that generation that passed through on dry land made it to the promised land. And God was, well, I'm going to read it to you in a little bit, God was angry with their disobedience. And God was angry with those who did not believe him. Now they believed him enough, at least once, they believed him enough to step through on dry ground. The Bible says that. And the Bible shows that as an example of faith. But then as you read the stories in other parts of the Bible, there was 40 years they wandered around and did not trust God and did not take him at his word. When the New Testament looks back on that story, the writer of the Hebrews recalls it this way in Hebrews chapter 3. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion, and they're talking about that 40 years. So, so it's written to us and says, hey, hey, you all, don't harden your hearts like those people did for 40 years in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestor tested and tried me though for 40 years they saw what i did for them they saw that i took care of them but they did not fully trust him verse 10 this is why i was angry with that generation what generation the generation that showed faith and walked through on dry ground they show up in the hall of fame of faith because they stepped through on dry ground. But now God is angry with that generation. Their hearts are always going astray. Can I tell you this morning that faith is not just this one-time thing? The Bible clearly says, by faith, they stepped through on dry ground. They exercised faith. But now, as the Hebrew writer looks back on that and is writing to us, Everybody that's going to read this, he says their hearts were always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And my rest was the Canaan land, the promised land that they were headed to. Okay? They exercised faith, they stepped through on dry land, but evidently that one step through dry land that did not continue to walk in faith. And God says he was angry with them. And he even declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. 
they shall never make it to the promised land. They shall never go to the promised land. Verse 12 says, see to it that none of you, see to it, brothers and sisters, talking to you and me, okay? See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. So he's given an example of what happened in 40 years, and they turned away from the living God. But they had a moment of faith, at least one moment of faith in their life. They just stepped out and walked through on dry ground. But now as the New Testament writer looks back on that and says to us, see to it that you're not like them because they had an unbelieving heart that turned away from the living God. But instead, you encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Verse 14 says, we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the end. Wow. They stepped through on dry land, but they didn't hold their original conviction firmly to the end. Now, what do we do with that? Verse 15 says, as has been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Those were they who heard, <coughs> who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they, not, were, were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with, whom was he, and with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned and whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not for those who disobeyed, those who originally had faith and walked through on dry ground, but for some reason through the next 40 years they wandered around in the wilderness and God did not take them straight through because of their lack of obedience and their unbelief and not trusting in God? Verse 19 says, So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. They exercised faith. They stepped through on dry ground. But they did not enter because of their unbelief. Can I tell you this morning that faith is not this one little decision that you make in your life? Can I tell you this morning that lifelong faithfulness matters? Well, how much does it matter, Mark? And how faithful you do have to be? You know what? I don't know. But this clearly says that they exercised faith, but then they didn't make it to the promised land because of their unbelief. Well, you know, you know, I, I joined the church when I was 12. Well, I got saved when I was 12. I got saved when I was 11. I got saved in vacation Bible school. I was baptized when I was 13. All that is all well and good. But this passage seems to think that a one moment of faith is not what God is looking for. That God is looking for a lifetime of believing and trusting and walking with him. And the Israelites did not show that. And because they did not show that, they did not enter his rest. They all died in the wilderness, Joshua. Uh, the Bible tells us they all died in the wilderness and the next generation entered. Hebrews 4.1 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, 
let us be careful that none of you are to be found fallen short of it. For we have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. This is a tough passage of Scripture. Let me just get right down here and honest, and I'm not, I'm not trying to knock anybody or in, any, any other churches and all this, but our, there, 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 are, there are parts of the Christian church, the church of Jesus Christ, that believe you exercise one moment of faith. Once saved, always saved. Eternal security. And I don't know what to do with that belief and these passages. And there's more than just what I'm reading to you here. And I, I'm not going to get legalistic and say you've got to be this faithful. I'm not going to touch that. I don't know how, how much faithfulness is enough and how little is not enough. And I don't have any idea about that kind of stuff. I'm just going to say what the Bible says. The Bible says they stepped through with a moment of faith, but they did not continue in their belief. And they did not enter into the promised land. We need to remember that. Faithfulness matters. Faithfulness matters. It's not just one little moment of faith. It's not just getting somebody saved at the altar. It's a lifetime journey of believing. They were, they, they were saved through the Red Sea crossing. They were saved through that, but they didn't make it to the promised land. They didn't make it to Canaan. They didn't enter, enter into God's rest, as, as the Bible says, because of their disobedience, because they did not believe God. The little book of Jude in the New Testament, the fifth verse of the little one chapter of Jude, says, though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, Red Sea crossing, but later destroyed those who do not believe. And I hear people all the time, well, I was baptized and, 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 and you know, I joined the church and all that is just really good. I'm glad for all of that. But the Christian life is an up-to-date life. What's going on now in your Christian life? Faithfulness matters. So what I've tried to say here, and it's the next slide, the difference between those who made it to the promised land and those who didn't was faith. Was faith. And faith is defined as knowledge. There's some facts that you have to understand. That's why we've always said, and the, the Church of Jesus Christ has always said for, for, for little kids or people that have intellectual difficulties that really can't understand and comprehend those facts, that God covers them with grace. We've always said that as a church. But there are some things that you kind of have to understand. And, and then you must believe those things, meaning you must accept them as true in your life. But then you must commit yourself to those things. You must trust in those things. As you've seen, anybody that's been to this church a long time, you've seen me lean on that wall a whole lot, right? You, you lean hard on the promises of God. You live by the promises of God. I can believe some things intellectually, but I cannot trust them enough 
to be able to depend on them. Let, let's, let's, let's say that I'm with five other people. I've gone up on one of them airplanes that you're supposed to jump out with your parachute on. And I got my parachute on. You know what? I believe this parachute will open. I do. Because it, it, it opens like 99.9999% of the time, right? Right? My head tells me this will open. But I don't trust that parachute until I step out of that plane. If I don't have the courage or whatever it takes to step out of that plane, do I really believe that parachute's going to open? There can be a mental ascent to some truths. I've told you this all my life. I didn't, you know, for 11 years I've told you this. 34 years of age when I got saved, I believed all the truths of the faith. There's no way I was a Christian, but I believed that Jesus came and that he died and all those things that you're supposed to believe and rose again. I believed all those. I just wasn't going to let it affect my life any. And it wasn't until August 29th, 1993 that I trusted that I started putting faith into action. I pulled the ripcord. I stepped out of the plane. Call it whatever you want to call it. Faith is knowledge, facts, accepting them as truth, belief, but then acting on them, Hebrews chapter 11, faith in action. I, I just, as we come to verses 29 and 30, I just got to tell you, they showed faith by walking through on dry land, but they didn't continue in their faith. At least that's what the Bible says. And the Bible says they didn't make it to the promised land. I don't want to be a doom and gloom preacher, but you know what? I want to be an honest preacher. I don't want to give anybody assurance that shouldn't have assurance. And it seems like to me, like biblical faith... I don't know how much that means and how much is enough and how, how little is not enough, but I, I just it, it seems to be a living faith that is alive in your life here and now, not just something that happened way back then. Faithfulness matters. Now the next verse... almost gives us an opposite look at that. Because we're talking about the faithfulness of people and, and that they weren't faithful so they didn't make it through. But then we get a story about a prostitute named Rahab. And it says, By fa a prostitute shows up in the Hall of Fame of Faith. <laughs> By faith, the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Joshua sent some spies to scout out Jericho. And, and the word got out that some Israelite spies in the city and some Jericho militia came and looking for them. And Rahab hid them. Well, let's just be honest. She lied to the militia, right? You know the story? Oh, they've already gone. They were here. But they've already gone. 
And she shows up in the Hall of Fame of Faith. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. She, she welcomed two of God's people and hid them. Told the Jericho militia that they'd already, they've already left and, and then she sent them off in a different direction. <laughs> um, Rahab was a prostitute. Don't put God in a box. Now, there's nowhere in the, in the, in the Bible that, that says that God condones that type of life. But don't, don't go telling me that God uses only this kind of people. God uses whoever he pleases. And don't tell me that anybody is, a, is, is so far gone that they're away from the hand of God in their life. He used an ungodly person. Rahab. She was not an Israelite. She's the first Gentile convert. She wasn't one of the in groups. She wasn't one of the chosen people. She wasn't from the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She wasn't in the right group. She didn't have the pedigree. She didn't have the right lineage. She was not raised with the teachings of God. She was not in that group, but God used her. And she, and she shows up in the Hall of Fame of Faith. She had a limited knowledge of God and who he is. I mean, what did she know? And how did she know anything? Well, let, let's speculate. She had heard about this God of Israel. It says that plainly in Joshua 2, 6 or 7 that she says to the spies, I've heard of your God and I know there is no God like him. I've heard of the things that he's done. And so there must have been chatter in the Jericho camp or something and, and, and she heard it. Or her profession being a prostitute, she may have heard it from her clients of the miracles that God wrought, of a Red Sea crossing, of, 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 of water being parted. But there's just no way in the world that we can say anything about it other than she had very limited knowledge of God and who he was. Very limited. She simply heard and she believed. Which reminds me of, uh, what is it? It's, it's a 1017 of Romans that, that, that it's by faith comes by hearing. Faith, she somehow heard and she somehow believed. And she acted on that belief by hiding the spice. She put her faith into action by hiding the spies. So we've got one story in verse 29 and 30 about people not being faithful enough. And then we've got this other story about maybe a little bit of faith, a kind of thief on the cross kind of faith. But she shows up in the Hall of Fame. 
Man, don't you ever think you got God figured out. Don't ever put him in a box and say this is the way he works because he just loves to blow your box to pieces. Rahab's faith tells us that Christianity in and of itself or faith, biblical faith, is not an intellectual endeavor. Yes, there's some knowledge, yes, there's some basic things you have to know, but just because you're a Bible scholar doesn't mean that you have faith. It's not in and of itself an intellectual endeavor. She didn't know too much. And you don't have to know too much to exercise faith or to show up in the Hall of Fame of Faith. It reminds me of a hymn, one of my favorite hymns. They don't don't write them this way anymore. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he hath made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for his own. I I I I, I just don't know how all that works. Well, you're you're a pastor. You're supposed to know how. You've got a Master of Divinity degree. The older I've gotten and the more secure I've gotten myself, the more I I say to people that ask me these deep theological questions, the more I say, I don't really know. I used to not have enough self-esteem to be able to say that. You know, I thought I had to come up with answers to everything, you know. But but the writer says, "I, I don't know how God's grace works or why he redeemed me. But the Course says, but I know whom. Now what? There's, there's a certain amount of importance to what, and there's a certain amount of importance to the information and, and, and the doctrine. There's a certain amount of importance there, but the real deal is I know in whom I have believed. I don't know much, but I, I, I believe that Jesus died for me. But I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Rahab didn't know much. I mean, I don't see how she could have. I, 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 think, everybody, I think everybody should know as much as they possibly can, but don't think that that, that, that intellectual pursuit is going to get you to heaven because you're a Bible scholar is going to get you to heaven. What did the thief on the cross know? What did Rahab know? Songwriter continues and says, I know not how this saving faith to me he did impart, nor how believing in his word wrought peace within my heart. But I know whom. But I know whom. Oh, it's great to be able to, you know, I can, I can, you know, I wrote theological papers in seminary on the doctrine of this and the doctrine of that, and all that's well good, and they were right to make me do that. But when it comes down to it, and when you stand before God, you better know in whom you have believed. And your faith, your faith is rest in a, the person of Jesus and who he was and what he did for you. Third verse says, this is a good one for me, I know not how the Spirit moves, 
convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the word and creating faith in him. But I know whom I have believed. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that it's great to have some understanding of that as, as much as we can, as much as God has revealed to us, and you do know that God has revealed very little to us. This is just, this is just a smidgen of who God is and what he's done. We, we couldn't handle it all. What does it say in Revelation? The whole books of all the world would have to, you know, there's not enough room in all the books in the world to be able to put down what Jesus did and all that stuff. He's just revealed to us what we need. And you know what? When there comes time in your life that you need more understanding, he'll give it to you. <laughs> it's part of his grace. He'll, he'll give it to you. There was one more verse up there, Eric. Can we, can we put that? Last? I know not how. I know not how when the Lord may come at night or noonday fair, nor if I walk the veil with Him or meet Him in the air. People, people, uh, people will talk to you and try to shoot holes in Christianity because of some questions that we don't know or things that we don't know. Well, if we knew everything, why would you need faith? And the Bible says in 11.6 of Hebrews that you can't please him without faith. You can't please him without faith. And faith presupposes some unanswered questions. Who in the world am I that think I can figure out God in his ways? How arrogant would I have to be? <laughs> Rahab shows us that um, uh, you don't have to know too much shows us that Christianity is, in and of itself, at its heart, it's not an intellectual pursuit. Though it's great to know some things, really great, and I encourage everybody to know as much as you can and, and bring your mind to the text. The Bible says to love the God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But when it comes right down to it, someone showed up in the Hall of Fame of Faith. I don't, can't imagine how much knowledge she had. She didn't know the stories of Abraham and Sarah and their two boys. And all. She didn't know all that. When James writes his book in the New Testament, he mentions Rahab. Now, what did James write, why did James write his book? He, he wrote the book simply because he was trying to explain that faith must work out in your life. He was not saying that, you're, that you get saved by your works, but he says if you have saving faith, it will work out in your life. That's what, that's what James, and so James must have been bent out of shape about some people who said they had faith, but there was no exhibition of that in their life. So James must have been bent out of shape about that and said that is not biblical faith, and i got to write this letter that explains that faith works, that faith without works is dead. And so he uses Rahab an example of that in 2.25. Was not, even, was not Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies? Was she not considered righteous for putting her faith into action by giving lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction away from the militia of Jericho? As we finish the Hall of Fame of Faith, we're, 
we're, we're dealt with two kind of opposite things here and two things that don't seem to contradict very much. You've got a bunch of people here that didn't make it because they didn't have enough faith. And then you've got somebody who did make it that she didn't know too much. I mean, and how do you reconcile those things? You know what? You don't. You leave them right where they are. God has somehow reconciled those in, in his own mind. And I am not so arrogant to think that I've got to have all that figured out. I simply know that faithfulness matters. We learned that for the people that didn't enter the promised land. And I simply know that you don't have to know too much. And I hold both of those things as godly truths. And God figures all that out. And I teach and I preach and I believe both of those things. Now, when the, when the angel came to Joseph and Mary and told them an unbelievable story, Mary, Mary says something like, I can't remember the verse, but Mary says something like when she's told that she's going to be with child even though she's a virgin, she says something like, depending on the translation, she goes, how can this be? And everybody seems to think that both Mary and Joseph were teenagers. No one knows all that, but almost ever biblical scholars, when you consider the, the day and time when people got married, in that day and time they would have been young. So They weren't mature in their faith. They didn't know much. They... They hadn't blossomed in their faith. They weren't a sanctified saint yet. They, they had lots of growing, but they simply believed the word of the Lord. They simply took the word of the Lord that he was going to do something miraculous and do it through them. They simply believed it. They simply took the angel's word and counted on it. And Mary says something like, let it be unto me as you have said. I, I don't have any idea how this virgin birth stuff works out. I don't know, have, have any idea if Joseph is going to believe this cockamamie story that, that I'm pregnant. He's probably going to leave me because he's going to think that I've been off with some other guy. But she goes, let it be unto me as you have said. A simple statement of faith and we're remembering that statement over 2,000 years since so I just came by to tell you that faithfulness matters how much faithfulness do you have to have I don't know I don't know how, how little is not enough I don't know but I simply told you a story that it seems like people had a moment of faith at one time in their life but they didn't carry on with that faith and they didn't make it to the Canaan land. And I told you a story of a prostitute who by some miracle of God's grace shows up in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Didn't know much. Didn't know much. And so maybe, I have no clue, maybe the hymn writer had her in mind when he says, I know not how God's saving grace to me he did impart. <laughs> but I know in whom I have believed. Our servers are coming to the table. Father, 
Help us remember that this faith is, a, is about a whom. It's not predominantly about a what. It's good to know the what's of the faith. But may we never ever neglect the whom because we're so enamored with the what's. So help us, Father, is to learn that faithfulness matters. That life doesn't, Christian life doesn't seem to be one little moment of faith and that's it. You're good. But also, also help us know that it's not an intellectual matter. That people are remembered for their faith who didn't seem to know too much and had much less biblical revelation than we do help us not help us not keep us not from acting on our faith because we don't have enough information may we simply step out of the airplane may we simply pull the ripcord and have childlike faith we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.